Welcome to Fertility Friendly Food. I'm your host, Stephanie Velarkis, accredited practicing dietitian and nutritionist and director of The Dietologist, an Australian-based practice focused on optimizing fertility through nutrition. This podcast will bring you snack-sized episodes for you to learn, grow, and be inspired by the latest research, facts, and practical lifestyle tips about eating well for optimal fertility, helping you cut through the confusion and myths to take back some of the control on your fertility journey, one bite at a time. Welcome back to another episode of Fertility Friendly Food, the podcast. I'm Stephanie Velarkis, expert fertility dietitian and nutritionist and founder of The Dietologist. As I promised, this season would be bigger and better than ever. So today's episode, we have our own resident dietitian here at The Dietologist joining us, Kaylee Slater who has joined me late 2020 and she's helping me see even more lovely clients in our virtual clinic with their fertility, women's health and pregnancy nutrition needs. For those who aren't aware who Kaylee is, she is an accredited practicing dietitian with training in women's health, fertility and pregnancy, just like me. And she's also probably going to know a whole lot more about all this stuff in the next few years because she's, she's also doing a PhD at the University of Newcastle on the impact that preeclampsia and high blood pressure can have in pregnancy and the, the consequences that that can have later in life in terms of heart health and how diet and lifestyle can play a role in reducing those risks. So Kaylee is certainly uh, one very knowledgeable lady and I'm excited to have her on this episode to talk all things implantation, which is probably one of the most popular topics I have ever discussed on the blog and is by far the most popular e-guide that I've released as well, um, which I'll talk a little bit more on later in this episode. So let's just get stuck into today's episode. We're going to share with you our top tips for implantation and I'm going to be talking to you about the science behind it, why it works, and this is particularly relevant for anybody who's trying to conceive, whether that's unassisted or with assistance, but it is easier to, I guess, define the period around implantation when you are undergoing IVF or IUI, whether that be fresh or frozen transfer of the embryo, because it's a lot easier to know when you're going through a stimulation phase and then a transfer phase when the embryo goes back that's really when you want to focus on implantation whereas when you're trying to conceive unassisted it's it just all rolls together it's not as distinct of a period so you've got the follicular phase and you've got the luteal phase which hopefully is when you're implanting which makes it two weeks or so out of every month that you'll be focusing on some of this stuff which can be a little bit high maintenance not gonna lie but still good information nonetheless. So for those who don't know what implantation means, this is when the fertilized egg or the embryo is moving down from the fallopian tube in the case of natural conception or off the uh, the little test tube sticky thing that they like put up in your business when you're going through IVF and place it back into the uterus So it can snuggle into that uterine lining and implant and it will be nourished by that uterine lining and also be supported by progesterone in those early 
phases of pregnancy before the placenta starts to develop and support the fetus. So this is known as the very nerve-wracking two-week wait, and it is by far the longest two weeks of most women's lives, I must say. So over to you, Kate. Tell us a bit more about what can impact implantation and what considerations we have to we have to make as well. Thanks, Steph, and hello, podcast listeners. I'm so excited to be on this episode and talking to you guys about, yes, what is probably one of the most popular topics that um, our listeners ask us for. So there are some things that can have an impact on implantation, of course, um, and it's always best to talk with your GP and fertility specialist if you have any specific circumstances or if you have any concerns but here are some of the things that um, we do consider. So first of all, anatomical abnormalities, so things like fibroids. Um, Basically what fibroids are is they are non-cancerous lumps of tissue that are found in the uterus. Usually they cause no issues. However, if they are found um, in the wrong spot, they can sometimes result in implantation failure or basically more, more difficulty around implantation. Another thing is having a thin endometrium. So the uterus is a very dynamic organ, which basically means that it's constantly restructuring, um, i.e. it's getting thicker and then it's shedding, it's lining. So when you get your period, basically your uterine lining is shedding. However, during pregnancy, we need a nice thick endometrium so that the blastocyst, which is basically um, fertilized egg, in a simple term, can implant there and start growing. So a thin endometrium can result in recurrent implantation failure or, again, more difficulty with implantation. Some other factors also include um, an infection of the endometrium, some immune factors, which are considered, I guess, controversial by some doctors, um, and also the genetics of the actual embryo. Now, we know you are all here to learn about the different foods and nutrients around how we can support implantation. After all, this podcast is called Fertility Friendly Food for a reason, so it won't keep you waiting for any longer. So, Kay, from a nutrition perspective, obviously we want to enhance chances of implantation by supporting the growth of a thick and healthy and nourishing and nurturing endometrial lining that's going to help support this little embryo to grow. And this is going to be one of the first contacts or the, you know, the baby's first nursery, as I like to say, in in is the uterus and the lining of the uterus. So take us through some of the things that we could be focusing on in the diet to help support implantation. I love that little analogy, the first nursery. Um, really cute. So yeah, what I'm going to do is take you through some of our top tips. Now, keep in mind that this is a guide only. Individualized care is always recommended first and foremost. So if you have any specific circumstances, please book in with your doctors, fertility specialists and us um, and we can talk about them then. Okay, let's get started. So the first tip we have is loading up on omega-3 fatty acids. So if you have seen either one of us in the virtual clinic here at the dietologist, you would have most definitely heard both of us talking about these. I don't know about you, Steph, but I think I talk about omega-3s to every one of my clients, regardless of what they're actually coming to see me for. Yep. 
pretty much every single person. Actually, I remember one time I had one client who I didn't because she was pescatarian, and but she did eat salmon every day. So I was like, okay, I think we're good. <laughs> I think I think I don't need to have a discussion about this with you. But that is like an exceptional circumstance, and I wouldn't really advocate for the the same protein every single day. It's not enough variety. But that's a whole different story. But there's only that's the only time. It's the only time I didn't talk about it. <laughs> yeah, literally every time. Um, okay, yeah. So loading up in omega threes, and in fact, one recent study of a hundred women going through their fertility treatments found that those who had higher intakes of omega three fatty acids in their diet also had higher implantation rates than those who had lower intakes of omega-3s. So loading up on oily cold water fish such as salmon, trout, mackerel, sardines, anchovies or fresh tuna is really what we want to go for here. So we want around two to three servings of these fish that I just mentioned um, per week. And this is also outlined in our preconception lifestyle checklist, which is available for you to download for free. And the link will be in the show notes. Now, if you are not a fish eater or a seafood eater at all, then a high quality, sustainable source um, omega-3 supplement is your best bet. We do have plant-based omega-3 fatty acids. However, the conversion into the EPA and DHA, which is really the part of the omega-3 that's going to give us this benefit is not that great, around 0 to 10%, so almost negligible. So, so in saying that, don't start any form of supplementation without consulting your healthcare professional like your doctor or like us before. Um, believe it or not, some supplements and medications and foods do not mix well together. So always before starting any supplementation, check in with your healthcare professional. Okay, number two is munching on leafy greens. So did you know that leafy greens like spinach, kale, and rocket are one of the top dietary sources of folate that we have? Now, I always say to my clients, the darker the leaf, the better it is. So basically, if you think about it, something like spinach will be higher in folate than something like iceberg lettuce. Basically, the darker the green color, the better it will be. Make sure that at least one of your servings of veggies for the day is a dark leafy green and also keeping in mind that one serving of raw salad um, or, you know, salad veggies like spinach, for example, is one cup. So if you bake, you would probably have measuring cups at home. One cup is one serving of um, raw salad veggies. One of my favorite ways to get my leafy greens in is to make something like a big veggie stir fry. So a lot of the Asian greens, for example, bok choy or pak choy are really, really great um, ways to get these leafy greens in. And they're generally the darker leafy greens as well. And they're also so easy to cook. Steph, what about you? What's your best way to get these in? Oh, I just love salad. I'm like that really weird stereotype of a person. I really, I really just love salad. So big leafy green garden salad good quality extra virgin olive oil. I slather things in balsamic vinegar to the point where it's it's probably not the best, but if the cucumber's not black, I'm not eating it. Like it has to be has to be coated in balsamic vinegar. It's very basic, but honestly, I grew up eating salad after dinner every night. It's just 
it's like comfort food for me, which sounds really weird. I do realize like mashed potatoes and pie is like probably more consistent with comfort food, but it's just nostalgic for me. So what can I say sucker for a good green salad? <laughs> Nothing goes past nostalgia really, but that does sound delicious. Balsamic vinegar is the best salad dressing anyone will ever eat. I actually remember, and my brother will probably kill me for telling the podcast this, but he used to get an entire punnet of tomatoes every day after school and literally pour balsamic vinegar. Like the plate was covered. You could drink it out of the bowl every single day. So, yeah, he would probably... Oh, my God, that's hilarious. (laughs) Look, there's nothing, for anyone listening, there's nothing wrong with balsamic vinegar. If it helps you get your veggies in, go to town. There's nothing wrong with it. (laughs) Oh, I love that story. All right, what else can we be incorporating in our diets to help support implantation cake? Okay, so the next one is eggs. So eggs are a fantastic source of several important fertility nutrients, Um, such as choline, iodine, vitamin D, vitamin B6, vitamin B12, you name it, it's there. So the research also suggests that women with a higher intake of vitamin B6 in particular also had higher rates of conception and lower rates of miscarriage. So consuming just two eggs every day will also give you 50% of your choline needs, um, which also may be helpful helpful to prevent neural tube defects by also giving you folate and um, helping hand in the body as well. Yeah, this is something that I talk a lot about in season one, the episode called Preconception Nutrition 101. I talk a lot more about why choline's important, its role to play in supporting folate um, in neural tube defect risk reduction, and why else it's also important in preconception and pregnancy in particular. So if you haven't listened to that episode, one of the most downloaded episodes to date, go and check it out. It is a really good overview as well. All right, what's next, Kay? Okay, I'm going to give you my last tip here to prevent this episode from going way too long, and that is pineapple. So you might be thinking, wait, hold up, how on earth can pineapple help me conceive and increase my implantation rates? But if you've been in the TTC community for a long time, you may have seen a few pineapples around on social media and pineapple popping up left, right, and center. So simply put, pineapple contains an enzyme called bromelain. And there are claims that bromelain can help embryos stick and act as like a blood thinner, very, very mild blood thinner, which in turn can then aid blood flow to the area. The core of the pineapple contains the most bromelain. However, keep in mind that there have been no scientific studies to support this idea yet. So now saying that there's absolutely no harm in eating pineapple, if you like it, go for gold. And after all, it will still give you other important nutrients like vitamin C, various B vitamins, magnesium, manganese, potassium. So yes, like I said, if you like pineapple, go for gold. Um, But don't hang on to the idea that if you do eat pineapple, it's going to 100% um, increase implantation rates. So at the Dietologist, we really love to tell you all about the foods that we can be including more of in our diet. But of course, like anything, there are some things we should just be aware of. 
So once that embryo is on board, it's best to eat like you are in fact pregnant. So something that we have a blog on and um, we talk about a lot is that two-week wait, which Steph mentioned at the beginning. So food safety comes into play here. Simple things like washing your fruit and veggies well before you eat them, cooking your eggs and cooking your meat through. So no raw meat, no raw eggs, avoiding any high mercury fish species, species like flake or swordfish, and also ditching the soft cheeses to name a few. So things like brie, which I know everyone loves brie. Everyone does love Brie. It is so true. So we actually share even more detail about some of these key things inside the Foods for Implantation e-guide, which is a digital ebook that's available for you to download in the dietologist shop. Like I said at the start of this episode, it is by far one of the most popular e-guides I've released. Um, and I, I, I can't even tell you how many copies have been downloaded in the last 12 months. It tells you what to eat, what to avoid, and a few of our favorite two-week weight recipes to help support implantation. It's available via the link in the show notes below or head to the dietologist.com.au forward slash shop to get your hands on your copy. And I'm throwing in a cheeky little 15% off discount code exclusive to podcast listeners. So use the code capital FFF. One five, so fertility friendly food fifteen for fifteen percent off at the checkout on the implantation e guide as my little gift to you for listening to this episode. So a big thank you to Kay for joining us today for another episode, and I appreciate you sharing some of your tips about supporting implantation here at the Dietologist. Can't wait to have you back on future episodes. Thank you, Steph. I can't wait to be on some um, future juicy episodes. Thank you so much for having me and it was a pleasure. Pleasure to have you. So that's a wrap on today's episode, everybody. If you are listening, don't forget to subscribe. And if you're in Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review. Just helps us reach even more people with accurate, scientifically-based information about fertility and food. And don't forget to share with your partner, your friends, your family, your girlfriends. Share the love of the podcast so we can get into even more ears, right? Until next episode, everyone. Bye.